Welcome to the Kinda Good Roleplay Podcast. My name's Dungeon Master Jake, and every week, me, my dad, and a couple of buddies gather together to have some adventures, tell some jokes, and roll some dice. Zach, what time is it? It's Monday night, time to spout some lore. Yeah, yeah. so many good podcasts out there and they all do something different. I hope you give our podcast a try. Here's what we aim to deliver. Every week, Tuesday night, we'll release an episode, each about an hour long. Every episode's carefully edited so you just hear the good parts. The action comes quick and sharp. This is not the kind of podcast where we spend three hours trying on new hats. I like to think of our podcast almost like a comic book. Give us a try and we'll deliver you a bam, pow, action-packed, laugh-packed hour a week every week. The other thing I'd want you to know about our podcast is a lot of us have kids, and we record this as something that we could listen to with our kids. This is a hobby that we started as kids, and we want to pass it down to the next generation, so this is going to be a pretty PG-13, and I hope that you'd be comfortable listening to it with your own kids as well. So at this point, I recorded and discarded this whole intro about the world we're playing in, but you can learn more about that listening to the show. All you really need to know about the game is that it's set in an empire that's fallen into a civil war. Uh, And there's a land across the sea that's totally cursed, and that curse is spreading fast. But what I really want you to know about is our characters. The best part of being a dungeon master is watching how these made-up people come to life before your ears. And every week I think, what brilliant plans is Plink going to cook up? And and how are Vale and Farfar going to ruin the plans? And will Alton ever name that dang sword? So I'd love for our listeners to hear more about these uh, characters. Who, Who wants to go first? Zach? Zach, can you tell us a little about your character, Vale? Hey, hey. Uh, guten Tag, my friends. Uh, most people call me Vale. Uh, perhaps you've heard rumors of this strange warlock girl. You hope to see some tricks, yes? Uh, be careful. Some say I'm cursed, you know. You're totally uh, cursed. No, <laughs> Plank, be nice. Uh, the truth is that I hear the whispers of an old one. One of the beings from places beyond the stars. Sometimes I can almost understand the words. This book I have, it speaks of them, and the more I study, the more I discover ways to tap into this eldritch power. Uh, you'll meet the others here, too. Uh, we make a good team. I wasn't sure I would ever find friends again after I fled my mother's home in the night. I was 17, and I couldn't hide my power any longer. The Church of Rodros would not suffer a teenage witch to live in their midst. Boo. For many months I was alone and thought only of surviving. But now I am safe. Well, safer. And I can think of the future now and, and what may happen as my power grows. What will happen? So Vale is a small woman, barely 19, Mostly human, although she has the gray pallor of somebody with some orcish blood and slight point to her ears that indicates some elven heritage, too. She can be very persuasive or deceptive as the situation requires. She she 
doesn't try to get in trouble, but it, trouble seems to find her. Pretty much um, all the time. She, you know, maybe maybe doesn't make the best decisions when there's risk or forbidden knowledge uh, in play. Um, and she's still, you know, guarded from her time being on the streets and being sort of a criminal to the point where she actually has not told anyone in the party yet her real name. They know her as Vale, but they don't know her real name is Cursa Werner. Well, I'm curious what the other characters at this point in our adventure think and know about Vale. Farfar just thinks of Vale as a person who likes to drop church folks from the sky. (laughs) (laughs) That was entirely accidental and only happened once. So far. Well, Vale's helped Alton figure out money and, and helped him with reading. And Vale also might be the person that helps figure out Alton's mystery about his sword. So Alton has got a lot of hope for that relationship between Vale and himself. Yeah, because he's got that cool sword that sort of, I don't know, like it has a mind of its own. And Vale is the person that's going to figure it out, I think. Hmm. I hope so. I don't think that sword's ever going to get a name. <laughs> Listen long enough. Yeah. I have. Episode 422. <laughs> no. Well, I think if Plank had something to say about Vale, it would be something like this. I don't think I have any kids. As far as I know, I don't. But if I did, I'm sure one of them would be like this girl. She just can't help herself from doing stupid things. <laughs> and... When she does stupid things, she always seems to have to pay for the consequences. If anyone's going to be the death of me, I think it's going to be her. (laughs) I'm so glad you guys are there to pay the consequences with Vale. That's what friends are for. Yeah, yeah, I think we are. (laughs) We just heard Ken's voice. Ken, I'd love it if you could tell us a little bit about your character. My uh, character is a pretty tall gnome. He's four foot tall. Uh, He's a druid. And he's a circle of the moon druid, so he uh, changes shape a lot. Into he's been a giant toad before, he's been a dire wolf before, and uh, he's looking forward to becoming some more aquatic creatures in the near future. Since were you a rat once that ran into veils? I, I was room a mouse. Yeah, I was a mouse. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but Plank could tell you a little bit more about his character. Yeah, so uh, so I'm an amnesiac, believe it or not. So I, I don't have much memory. I had a friend who was a druid that I hung out with. His name was Thurnor, and he thought maybe I was about 200 years old, which is about middle-aged for a, for a gnome. But about three years ago, I was found at sea, and I was tied to a plank. And that's how I kind of got my nickname. I don't really know what my real name is. Uh, I've I've been called another name, uh, not a swear word, kids, uh, but I've been called <laughs> Chuckles. Uh, so some people know me as that uh, here in uh, in the big city. Um, but mostly I go by Plank. So when I was on this ship, I served with uh, Captain Ross, and I had some friends there named uh, Vax and Brago. And I served there for about two years, and uh, I'm a pretty decent sailor after two years on a ship. Then after that, I went and lived with some Sylvan Elves, and I felt pretty at home there. But when I was uh, came to the city of Pike, I met this guy named Bardis. And then shortly after that, I met Alton and Vale and Farfar. And something deep inside me was stirred, you know? Something familiar. You know, not really describable, but just kind of that sense of like when you come home, 
That's what it kind of felt like. And I don't really share that, you know, with the crew because... Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, well, you know, I don't like to talk about my emotions. Like you old softy. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I'm kind of taking a shine to you guys. So a few weeks ago, I did discover that I was actually part of a crew that's really similar to the crew that I'm with now. Isn't that nuts? You think you're starting over in life. You know, you got amnesia, you start a new life, you start doing new things, and then you find out you're just kind of redoing things that you've already done in the past. Strange, huh? Yeah, the, what, what happened to that uh, old crew? Yeah, I don't know. That's the crazy part. So it uh, says. I, yeah, that's sometimes, you know, you think you know who you are. You think you are a good person, a decent person. And But when you really don't have a memory, that's the thing that kind of spooks you. People say, hey, I used to know you. You used to do these sorts of things. And then you think about it and you're like, man, did I really do those sorts of things? Was I really that kind of guy? Where is my crew? Did I leave them? So there's kind of the questions that mess with you when you're trying to sleep at night. But for now, I'm pretty content with the crew that I'm running with right now. They're good people. They don't always make the same decisions that I do, but I trust them. And I trust them with my life, even that crazy girl. Well, Alden feels really close to Plank. I don't mean emotionally. I mean physically, because I've ridden <laughs> on his back so many times yeah. <laughs> when he's been a dire wolf. And there was even one time, I think, when he was a toad. Yeah. So we're close. Well, whatever you do. Don't transform to uh, a hog because that's Farfar's favorite food. <laughs> Bacon. You actually spoke to some pigs at one point, right? Yeah. Oh, Your yeah. Pig voice was, I, was pretty great. I'm fluent, fluent in uh, in pig. So yeah, in swine. Was, yeah, Vale thinks of of Plank as sort of like, well, he's the planner of the group, right? He's the one who's always got the plan, and is like. You know, far, far, don't kill anybody just yet. Vale, don't touch anything. Um, <laughs> Maybe he's just and, bossy. Uh, I feel like we always find ways to sort of mess up the, <laughs> the great plan that we've come up with. Plank sticks with us anyway. Yeah. So far. We heard Alton talking. This is uh, played by Greg, who happens to be my, my father. Uh, Greg, tell us about Alton. My name is Alton, Alton Tealeaf. I'm a halfling. And I'm not exactly sure what kind of voice a halfling would uh, use. <laughs> so this is what you get. But I hope you're enjoying Alden. I think the crew that we've got together is really good. It's, it's good adventurers, good humor, great storytellers. And if you're a new listener, I hope that you enjoy Alden. And um, I hope you enjoy me. And I, I want you to think about me as developing in a couple different ways. As I said, I'm a halfling and a fighter which is kind of an unusual character mix. Uh, you know, when you think of a fighter, you think of somebody like Rambo. But 5e allows fighters to use dexterity, and that's my strong asset. And a halfling, all right, you might think about Bilbo, you know, as a rogue. Well, when, when I think about myself and my dexterity, I think of a character like Yoda. Now, I'm not as fast as Yoda, but you just watch me, and I'm going to get as nimble and quick with my short sword is uh, Yoda was with that lightsaber. Like so there's Clone three Wars things. Clone Wars Yoda. Clone, not Return of the Jedi Yoda. Clone <laughs> Wars Yoda. Mm, arthritis <laughs> I have. <laughs> <laughs> so there's three things I want you to listen for for Alden as, as we go on from this point. 
The fighter class gets seven ability score improvements, which is more than any other class, I believe. So I've got a lot of skill yet to develop, and sometimes I might choose a feat instead of uh, ability scores. Mail, and I've also, don't get any ideas. <laughs> and I've also got uh, a lot more combat maneuvers to learn, so it kind of is going to be fun, I think, to see me develop. Also, we've already talked a little bit about this. I've got this short sword that's got a story of its own. It, it, it's got its own fate. It will be named. Now, maybe it's going to be episode 7,432 or 33, <laughs> but it's going to grow in power and purpose with a little help from the DM. So the third thing to listen for, and maybe this is more of a rumor than actually something that happened, but the DM said that there's a renegade band of Hathlings someplace in Tel Qatar. Now, Alden came from a small farming village. I, I'm, I'm really a farmer at heart, but I hated to see tyranny and corrupt authority. So I'm really kind of intrigued by what's going on with this band of halflings. You know, I'm, I'm hoping they're fighting for justice, or maybe it's just going to be a band of thieves. Right now, only the DM knows. But yeah, they sound kind of Robin Hoodish, right? Well, you know, we've heard a bard talk about it, right, so far? Yeah. And uh, didn't, wasn't there somebody from the church that, like, was looking for this rebel halfling? Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's a mystery. Alton's got some plans for himself. What, what does the rest of the crew uh, see when they see Alton uh, stride through the door? Besides that gorgeous head of hair he's got. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Vale looks up to Alton, I think. I mean, not literally, of course, because he's a halfling. And <laughs> Three and a half foot tall, did I say? Yeah, yeah. She's definitely taller than him. But, like, I don't know. Alton seems like the most altruistic yeah. of, of the bunch. Like, he's the one who, like, every new NPC he we meet, he's, like, ready to pledge his sword to right whatever wrongs they you know, That's are true. bringing up. And, I mean, he, you know, he's a little naive, but he's genuine. So, yeah, I think in that way, Vale sort of, like, admires him, even if she's too pessimistic to, to follow suit. I don't know. Alton's kind of a daydreamer, right? Sure. I feel like if if anybody, if any of our characters were going to wind up attacking a windmill, I would need a ladder, though. <laughs> and a mount. A steed. Yeah. yeah. Oh. A pretend horse. Oh, yeah. 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 Hey, there was that time that uh, Plank turned into a pony, and I got to ride. That was that, that was, was your wonderful. that was your happiest time of your life, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it was a pretty pony. <laughs> well, let me tell you a little something about Alton. Alton <gasps> is as dumb as a box of rocks. When Rodros was <laughs> when Rodros was giving out smarts, he was in the back of the line. In fact, he might not have even have been in the room. I thought they were giving out farts. <laughs> that's, and that's what he has in his head, kids. <laughs> but if you ask me, nobody can pick out a person's character like Alton. If Alton said someone is a good guy, he's a good guy. If Alton's suspicious of someone, you better believe that too. So I guess he actually is a pretty smart guy, but just kind of in a different way. So I would definitely trust Alton in judging character or if something doesn't seem right, he just kind of has that sixth sense. And that's what I appreciate about him. 
Gee, thanks. But don't Clark. hire him to be your accountant. No. <laughs> How far far sees Alton is Alton is like the smallest person in the party, yet the most bravest person. Yeah. So, um, spoiler alert! In one of the episodes, he stands up against all of these sea giant sea creatures. Yet Farfar is the biggest person in the party, and he's the one who runs away. So, like, if the biggest person in the party runs away, it's like all the morale is lost. So ever since that moment, Farfar has a lot of respect for Alton. Yeah. Well, Farfar, I really can't wait until you and I stand shoulder to shoulder or hip to shoulder. and Shoulder to knees. knees. Yeah, shoulder to <laughs> knees. And, like, we face the foes in front of us, and you and I together just, like, cut us path to victory you can do the damage but together we're invincible you have my axe i'm taking notes here that alton asked for more monsters got it oh dear oh dear and is invincible who's this far far guy even rodros himself could kill alton (laughs) but who's this far far guy i want to hear more about this lamb lamb tell us about far far yeah, hello everyone. My name is Lam, and I am role-playing the character Farfar. So Farfar is a Goliath barbarian who is in his mid-twenties. He's about shy of seven feet, bald, and has a bulky build. He wears uh, a pair of leather boots, a torn rag on his body, a furry pad around his neck and shoulder, and has a medium-sized skull hanging below his torso. So Don't forget the fanny uh, pack. <laughs> no room for fanny pack. <laughs> so... All my life, I don't know what normal is. I'm just a soldier in a tribe. I'm used to fighting and hunting growing up. I have a lust for blood and slashing down my enemies, as you all know. I like shiny toys like a sharp axe, especially when I can make my fingers bleed simply by touching the sharp edge of the weapon. <laughs> I do what I'm told, and I follow my com- the command of my leader. I don't know how to talk to women. I don't know what being a hero is, but... Being in the party for a long time, I've seen how Alton is, and I start to understand what the meaning of heroism is. But one thing that I do have that's normal, I have loyalty in my family. Since my tribe is almost wiped out, Alton, Plank, and Vale is now my family. And that's far, far. Awesome. Alton just goes thrilled when it's to battle! (laughs) (laughs) Far, far catchphrase. I think Farfar maybe says that three or four times every episode. <laughs> Even if we're just uh, at a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> vale is, of course, very proud to stand, well, you know, 20, 25 feet behind him bravely <laughs> while he does the hard work. If Farfar doesn't get 30 points of damage with his axe, we all go, aww. <laughs> yeah. We're He's just terrifying. Between you and me, I got to tell you, this guy's got some real rage issues, if you know what I mean. (laughs) But I guess when you watch your entire clan get killed by orcs, you might have some, you know, pent-up frustration yourself. So all I can say is I sure am glad that Farfar is on my team, because when he does go into a rage, he's very, very dangerous. (laughs) One thing that's funny to me about Farfar is there's been, like, several times where Lamb, you've had to roll for intimidation, and like, I mean, you know, Farfar should be the most intimidating guy there, but like, you've rolled bad, and like, Vale or Alton or you know, one of those little guys, like, nobody else should be as intimidating right. as Farfar, but like, we've rolled better, and so in my head canon, 
Farfar gives off the, like until he takes out his axe, Farfar gives off this like friendly giant vibe <laughs> right up until he like squashes you like, like a bug. Like a doofus. I don't know if that's like a doofus kind of like a doofus. Yeah, well, like, we're not just sort of, of like doofus. Good natured, you know. Yeah. The gentle giant. Yeah. 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 Maybe he's got a yeah. Mike Tyson voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no way. That's awesome. This is such a great party. We, I have had such a blast. We've been playing together for about like seven months now. And in this time, you've stolen yourself a sailing ship. You've made some friends inside the imperial government. You actually met some of the gods of the world. You faced yeah. down eldritch horrors of the ancient world. And you've earned a small fortune in the process. I, I, your character is not you, know, not you guys. Our goal all along has just been to get together and just play some D&D, have some fun roll some dice, tell stupid jokes. But we started recording it kind of on a lark, and this might sound conceited, but I really am enjoying listening to our own podcast, and I hope that you give us a try as well. We recorded this episode as a way to kind of get new listeners on board. We've started to get a lot more people having interest in the podcast, and some people want to start at episode one. I always like to start at episode one, and I encourage you to listen to those. But if you want to just get straight up to like our more up-to-date adventure arcs. We're trying to just get you caught up. So the next adventure that our party is going to go on, they've just been given some orders from a member of the imperial government to go and help out a town. And the thing that's attacking this town is an army of the Sauguin, which we spend about four episodes discussing how to pronounce it. Uh, the part... Devilfish people. You can hear the party's latest adventures in episode 33, available tomorrow night. Come and join us with the Kind of Good RPG Podcast! Yeah, yeah baby! Smash that subscribe button. Smash.